Today, we're talking about being very intentional about the time we spend on our phone and the relationship we have with it. I've been researching what experts call digital minimalism and how we can apply it to our lives so we are less phone obsessed and using it primarily in ways that add to our lives and gives us returns on the small number of things that we really care about and get to where we're okay to miss out on the rest. We are using our phones for things that add value to our lives and not mindlessly scrolling. In a time where there is no avoiding it, we have to be smart about it and use your tech to work for you, not against you. I'm sharing lots of tips that experts give on how to stop being distracted all day by the pinging of your phone and why we've almost completely eliminated downtime and why it's so important to get back. We're working on breaking our addiction to our phones today, friends. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. All right, we're getting into it. We are talking about our relationship with our phones and breaking the addiction that most of us have with our phones. And in this era, how can we possibly have a healthy relationship with our phones? Like most things, I think the answer lies like somewhere in the middle. It's all about moderation. I've spent the last month researching this, talking to anyone I could about this topic, different people's relationships with their phones, friends I know that have kind of different walks of life and live different places, but mostly reading and listening and listening to TED Talks and audiobooks and YouTube videos to try to wrap my mind around what experts are saying about this. Because when you think about it, a lot has changed in the last 10 years. Most of us, I'm 39 years old, if you're in my generation, we didn't grow up with this. When I started driving at 16, I had a car phone and a pager, and that was it. Cell phones did not exist. So this whole thing for our generation was not something we grew up with, but the younger generations are growing up with that. And so what does that look like? And you know, when it it comes to parenting, the best that I've figured out is, model things the best you can for your kids rather than trying to, you know, read all these books and philosophies and try to come up with this big thing. Like you can't give them more than you are. So I want to be a good model for my kids so they see my healthy relationship with my phone and not having to have it on all the time and next to me all the time and not panic if it's misplaced. Sometimes leave it behind or leave it aside and be okay with that. I want to do it for me first, of course, but also to be a good model for them as they grow up with probably an even more challenging circumstance because they're growing up with it. Diving into all of this has been so interesting, so incredibly interesting, and I am still on the journey to get there. So what I'm sharing with you in this podcast is how to be awesome at having a healthy relationship with your phones according to the experts. And I'm taking the advice as I share it with you because this is something that is definitely an in progress. Sometimes when I think of podcast topics, I always try to think of something that for most of us 
it is something that's, you know, either in a deep way or a fun way that's worth hitting pause on life just to spend time with. And I think that this is for our mental health and our overall happiness and having a positive headspace. This is one of those things that is very high on the list. Because if we're not intentional about our phone use, I think it's very easy just to be on autopilot and having a haphazard approach to our phones and to social media. And one of my biggest goals in the lately is to not be on autopilot with anything. Have a plan, be aware, because I realized sometimes I was kind of just doing different habits because it was just a habit and I just wasn't actually being intentional about it. So first, I want to mention, if you are super interested in this, I would definitely recommend the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. So Cal Newport is fascinating. I think that he really came on the scene four or five years ago when he did a TED Talk called Quit Social Media, really interesting. But he's written lots of books, like A World Without Email. But in this regard, um, Digital Minimalism, I think, would be the best book to start with. He also did a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And really, it's about being productive and present in a very distracted world, all the work that he does. Really, really interesting guy and really interesting philosophy. So if you want to read more about it, that's definitely where I would start. He has lots of good interviews online too, or um, the audiobook for Digital Minimalism is fantastic. So in researching all of this, here's our goal. Our goal is for you to be able to say, I know what I'm all about and I know what I want to do with my time. I know what's important to me and I'm going to put tech, aka my phone, to work strategically to help the things I really care about and then everything else out there, I just ignore. Something so interesting that I did not even realize, a psychology researcher named Sophie Leroy had this great study. I read all about it. And it basically, to summarize, is if you're focused on something hard, if you're doing a hard task, and then you switch over to check. So say you check an email or a text, even if it's for 30 seconds or a minute, there's what she calls residue that's left over from that switchover. And when you switch back, you aren't as sharp as you were before for that hard task. So you're basically dumber. Even if your switch over was for one minute, it's you just weren't as sharp as you were before. There is that residue that takes a while to clear out. You're just not as sharp. So the way a lot of us are working is that we're constantly doing these quick checks. And in a way, it can make us feel productive. Like I know certainly if I see an email pop up from my shipping team, I'm like, oop, got to get on that. It makes us feel productive. But we are definitely losing the quality of our performance. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. I know I wasn't. So this is why we have to prioritize those long stretches, those long stretches of time to get done whatever it is that we want to get done that is in line with our priorities and avoid that lowering of our capacity. I have felt like this so much. This was such clarity reading what this researcher had to say about it just because it makes so much sense. If you're focused on something and you're working on a project and then you, oh, let me hop over and attend to that, and then you come back to it, first of all, you have to regroup and figure out where you are, but research shows that you are physically less sharp than when you popped over for your check-in. So, We know there are so many reasons why we 
can benefit from less time on our phone. But I wanted to really kind of give some of the things that stuck out. I know for me, in researching this for the last month, uh, my team with work for Million Dollar Tan, we're talking all day. We're trying to accomplish a lot. I used to have a really big team. Now I love having a smaller team and we can just move more fluid. It's less managing on my part and more executing. I love it. But there's a lot of communication within our team. And so the way we usually communicate, sometimes we've done Slack or Basecamp, which I love, but usually for quick, we'll be on text and group text. But what I realized is I had text messages pinging me all day. So since I've been researching this for the past month, for the last two weeks, I've had them just email me instead of texting. So I mean, if it was something urgent, but listen, I make sunless tanners for a living, not cancer drugs. So we're going to be okay. I had them email me instead of text me. And then I had self-control about when I checked my email. So even if I see an email pop up, I still need to figure out how to turn off my notifications on my laptop so it doesn't show. Because even just looking at it, I feel like is enough of a distraction to kind of shift your mind into whatever that email is or could be. But it's just that constant distraction. And I really read that we can't be our best with constant distraction, whether you're working, whether you're spending time with your family or your friends. The constant distraction in whatever way of life or whatever you choose to spend your time doing, you're just not your best, bottom line. So I really think, like I say, I really believe in moderation in anything. I know some of these experts have a detox program where you completely, you know, delete all social media, have this big detox event with your phone. And for me, I always feel like it's kind of moderation. I feel like that's what works in the long term the best for me and for the people I know. I feel like anything too drastic doesn't always stick. And also, listen, a lot of times things on your phone can be entertaining and happy and all that stuff, but that's what we're focusing on is figuring out what good it brings you and then figuring out the other ways that it's not bringing you joy or it's not serving any of your life priorities and eliminating that. And it takes a lot of self-control. And that's what I learned as I've been trying to think about the ways to do this in moderation. So I'm not going to delete all social media and I'm not going to completely, you know, eliminate my phone or have, you know, very limited time on the phone. It's more about being intentional about how I spend my time and being very clear and focused about what my, you know, what makes me happy, what are my tens for the day, what are my life priorities, what's important to me, and what's a good use of time. And checking myself and and being intentional about how I use it and stopping myself. And we're going to get into downtime because I think that's really important about not always checking your phone on downtime. But first, we almost have to practice this self-control because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. And also, it depending on how much you're used to checking your phone, it can be really difficult. So for me, in doing this, I learned that just by setting up certain parameters, I was doing it less. So if you're waiting in at the doctor's office, instead of checking your phone, fill that time with something else. I was reading about this downtime thing, and we have almost no downtime. And by downtime, I mean like time with your own thoughts. Cal, Cal Newport, our friend Cal, our digital minimalist friend Cal says 
that he calls this solitude. So the way he talks about solitude is basically being alone with your own thoughts. So he says you could be at the top of a mountain, you know, a snowy mountain completely by yourself. But if you have your AirPods in listening to something, you're not in solitude. Even though you're physically in solitude, you're not in solitude because you're listening to other people's thoughts. Whereas you could, you know, be in a space where there are other people around you, but if you are quiet, alone, with your own thoughts, that's what he considers solitude. And it really resonated with me because he talks about solitude deprivation. So that's freedom from input from other minds. And it's just crucial if we're going to thrive as a human so this social depriv- solitude deprivation was unavoidable 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, it was just different if you had to wait in line or, you know, even before we could fast forward TV, if something came on commercials or something to where you had some downtime. But really, for the first time in human history, we have this supercomputer in our pocket. So all solitude is removed from our lives removed. If you want to fill every minute of the day, you can so easily. So we need to build that time back into our lives. That solitude, that downtime, he calls it solitude. For me, I just kind of think of downtime. And I love the concept of downtime because I think it allows you to think and prioritize and just have a clear mind like how meditation does. But I also think, I read this years ago and I was so fascinated by this. In the last 10 years, how this has all changed, there have been so many fewer inventions because we're not sitting and thinking and solving problems and creating things. So say you're at a lunch or a dinner with a friend or a boyfriend, roommate, spouse, whatever, and they go to the restroom. 99% of us pick up our phone. Maybe you're checking text messages or checking on things or you're checking social media or email, but you're not looking around, looking around, taking in the environment, maybe realizing, you know, a problem that could have been solved that could be your next great idea. I just think that we need to like stick our heads up a little bit and just have that downtime. I realize I need to not fill every minute. In a way, I kind of thought I was being productive. So I'm like, oh, okay, I have 10 minutes of doctors. I'm going to hop on my email and, and be productive. But it's all these short periods of time that it would be much better for me just to, ha- just to be very intentional and build out the undistracted time to really execute on the things that mean the most to me. So it's less of this like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, frazzle-dazzle work. It's more like you feel comfortable being present, looking around, talking to someone, having an engaging conversation. The other thing about all this and and with our relationship with social media, which if you did not catch my podcast on that a couple weeks ago, check that one out because that one is specifically about social media and the way that we compare ourselves to other people on social media and the way that can be so harmful for us, all that kind of stuff. But also, research has shown that because we are commenting on pictures and because we're having conversations with strangers and direct messages, we replace that. But it's not an equal swap, you know? If everyone at the doctor's office waiting room is sitting on their phones, there's no chance of meeting that new person or having that 
interaction. You know, sometimes you just have a conversation with a stranger that makes you think of something in a different way or in some way is interesting or you learn about their perspective. So much of that is eliminated. And we we feel social because we're social on our phones, but it's just not an equal trade to having that social face-to-face interaction. So Cal talks about this as solitude deprivation and the need to be alone with your own thoughts. I love that. And I also think that just having downtime without our phone is so important that we're not filling every minute, any every extra minute of the day holding our phone, building it back into our lives. One more thing on social media, I think when we talk about our relationship with our phone and constantly checking things, I think for most people, it's social media and email, and it kind of becomes like a companion, like a constant companion, always looking at the phone, but it hasn't always been this way. If you think about it, isn't it kind of weird that it's become normal to look at your phone all day long? Because it's all different now. That This whole thing is re-engineered and social media is re-engineered. It's not just about posting and looking at your friends' posts. Like I think it started out and it used to be. But now it's constant. It's the likes and it's the comments. And we get you know a little high from it. We get social approval. And so... You know, this is not by accident. The the desi- it was designed this way. It's designed to make us addictive, so that we check it all the time. We look at it at every possible downtime moment for most of us. So, how do we train ourselves to change this? It's not going to change without actual effort. Every expert across the board started out with this. It's not going to be easy, and you have to be intentional, and it takes actual effort. Some practical little day-to-day tips that experts say. Pick one thing that you go without your phone when you do it. So maybe it's when you work out or take your dog for a walk. Even if it's just 20 minutes a day, what you're doing is you're breaking the cycle. You're breaking the cycle of always having your phone. I know a lot of us have people that depend on us. I know for me, the struggle I have is My girls are eight and 10, so they're in school during the day, and then they go to dance, they have activities, and kids and cell phones is a whole nother thing. But um, in this respect, I keep my phone on me, even at times when I, because I feel like, what if someone needs me? If there was an emergency, if a teacher calls, or if I let them have their phones, if they need me, or something goes wrong, or someone gets hurt. So I feel like I kind of trapped by the phone to where I can't. I can't just completely put it away if all if I'm not with all my people. And I'm never, I mean, very rarely am I with, you know, my parents and my sister and my whole um, close family, but then also my friends that I love. Like you're never with all of your people all the time. So that's been the difficulty as I've learned, as I've read this stuff and, I've, and I get it, I completely understand. So for me, I really loved the hacks of just do those little things. So for me, rather than having my phone on me, I usually have my phone on silent. So if I'm kind of texting or anything, it's not making noise all the time. So what I would do is turn the ringer on so that I actually hear it. So I don't have to be near my phone. And then if it buzzes, I can make sure it's not urgent and then move on. I'm, you know, it's still checking, but I'm not like constantly tapping it. Like, did I get a text or what's going on? But I really think 
like I said with my team, how I figured out a way to just have less pings during the day. And for a lot of us, text messaging is a way that we communicate with our family and our friends, and it's important. And that's what I mean. That's why I started out the episode saying, if we can figure out those those ways that we can use our phones for the things that add to our life and remove it for the ways that don't add value to our life and our key priorities in life, I think that's the secret sauce. Just having it on us less, tapping it less, checking it less, and figuring out what your what your intention is with social media. Breaking the cycle of endlessly scrolling in bed. I think that's one hack that we could all make a commitment to ourselves that we're just not going to do it. I'm physically, when I get in bed, I'm not going to scroll in bed. That's what I've done. And it's so nice. Like I sleep better. You know, every every study on this shows that if the last thing you see before you go to bed is your screen, that's not a good thing. And let me read you the statistics I it's really, really crazy. Um, I posted this on social media and it's a wonder why why we complain. 80% of people are on their phones one hour before sleep and 35% of people are on their phones five minutes before they go to sleep. So basically 35% of us are falling asleep on our phones and 80% of us are likely using our phones in bed because that's saying the one hour before we go to sleep. And if you research how high performers, and I've done podcasts on this about having a good nighttime routine and a good morning routine, they all say no tech before bed. You sleep so much better. And again, it's that downtime. So it's not like we're scrolling, 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 and then we fall asleep. Like it just makes sense that that doesn't set you up for the most blissful rest. And scrolling your phone, even if it's shopping or social media, there's just so much stimulation to it. Like one second you're in somebody's baby shower, then you're in someone's new pool. And it just, it's inevitable that it brings up emotions for you, whether you wish you were on that vacation or you wish you had parents like that, or you wish you could afford that car or those shoes, whatever it is. I just think that those aren't the bedtime habits that bring value to us. So I just swapped that out. I told myself that I'm going to do a yoga or a meditation video. I always do best if I'm just like following a video. So I do it on obeyfitness.com, which I love. And I'll just do a stretch video. Um, I just do like a 10-minute one because I found that if I was going to – if I was setting up to do like a 20 or 30-minute one, if I was tired, I would just skip it. It just felt like too much of a time commitment. So every night I'll do five or 10 minutes before bed. And I plug my phone in, I put it on airplane mode, I put it to the side, and then I put on relaxing music, I do my stretching, and I just have more of a wind down period. So I'm not scrolling, 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 fall asleep. I think it adds so much to the quality of your sleep and just your overall headspace. And it just gets us out of this habit of constantly checking our devices. 60% of college students consider themselves having a cell phone addiction. The average person checks their cell phone 110 times a day. 12% of adults use their phones in the shower. Oh my gosh. 75% of users check their phones after they sleep. Okay, so right when they wake up. That's not great either. I feel like it's the same thing. I And that's one of the things like we, we're waking up, we grab our phone, we check in on things. But I'm telling you, 
if you can have that self-control for just a little bit, like I did it for a week where it felt unnatural, like I was stopping myself, then it got into the routine of like, yeah, I feel better. I get up, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, I get into it, and my brain isn't clouded with other things, with other thoughts. I'm thinking about my priorities of the day. I'm thinking about what I'm grateful for. I just have such a better, just a better night's sleep and start to the day. And that's definitely what all the research points to. Couple more stats for you. 61% of people sleep with their phones turned on under a pillow or next to the bed. Is that you? If it is, please listen to my podcast. Oh my gosh, I think it was over a year ago now on EMFs in the house and reducing the radiation. I had an expert come to our house and I shared a lot of what I learned. I'll probably do an update on that one soon because I know a lot of people are really interested. 40% of people check their phones while they're going to the restroom. 44% of people check their work email while they're on vacation. Oh my gosh, there's so many. 50% of people feel uneasy when they leave their phones at home. Lots of of stats here that just make us think. And like I'm always about, I love learning about stats because then I'm like, yep, that's me. That's me. And it makes you see it in a different way when you realize how many of us are doing this and the different ways that we can approach our phone, set limits and set new habits. You know, I love the idea of habit stacking. I'm going to do a podcast on this soon, but this is one of those things that I've helped that's helped me control my phone usage that experts really say works is tell yourself you're not, whatever it is that you want to stop, you're not going to do it after this. So like I say, I take a shower before bed, I do my stretching and I tell myself after my, after I get into that routine, there's no more checking of the phone. And so it's just like, you're just setting a habit and I'm, I'm setting it because I always take a shower and I always do stretching. So it's just, I'm adding it to the routine. Once that happens, the phone is completely done and I'm not spending that downtime, that relaxation time, that really important period of time when you are winding down and going to sleep on my phone constant be, constantly being stimulated. And I loved reading about how people can be more productive. And one of the things that Cal Newport talks about, which is so interesting, is saying we can all es- essentially work less. Like be done at five o'clock and be done because we're not working constantly distracted. We can be more productive because we are making a better use of the time. So he says, stop those mini checks. That's the first thing. Cal Newport says is all those mini checks. And he's talking about social media mainly, but social media and email, checking it constantly all day is making us a lot less productive, way more distracted, and it's just leading to more and more bad habits. So keep your primary life priorities in mind and use your phone for the things that bring you closer than that. It's affecting our life more than we think, sometimes on the daily, like little things, like all of a sudden you could drive in the wrong direction because you're distracted or you don't get those big projects done because you're constantly constantly checking and doing everything for 10 minutes before you have more distractions or more so in the big picture. If you're spending so much time on your phone and so much time on social media, it can really lead to sadness and depression. And, you know, it's such an addictive thing. He calls it like having, like going to Vegas and playing on the slot machines and then bringing the slot machine home on your pocket, in your pocket, because 
It's just, we aren't wired for this. It's too much stimulation. Like you could do a slot machine for five hours, fine. Walk away from it and you're done with it. But he says, it's like we're bringing it home and we're just not built for that. Social media can bring so many harms mainly because it's designed to be addictive, but it can leave us feeling so many things and mainly in inadequate in so many different ways. And it can give us anxiety. It can make us miserable. And so again, the social media conversation is a completely different topic, but it's so related that I wanted to mention it. But make sure if you do not listen to that podcast, I'm telling you, that researching what people said specifically about social media was kind of part one in my transition to spend less time on the phone and be less phone addicted. And this whole thing is kind of part like part two. And realizing that I don't consider myself someone that has a lot of anxiety, but I realized I was so connected to my phone. Just like the experts say, it becomes our companion. And we panic if we don't have the companion. And it makes us miss moments that are happening around us. And I think that's a big part of it is we all have so many things that we have to do. We have to, you know, bathe. We have to do doctor's appointments. We have to eat and prepare meals and clean and do laundry and dishes and all the things. And that takes up so much time. So when we do have that special time with people we love, I think a lot of times we're fine. You know, it's our downtime. So we think like, oh, this is like relaxing. But really, it's a habit of mindlessly scrolling rather than engaging. And how many people are on their phones at the dinner table or on their phones during a dinner out at a restaurant, which how many hours, especially now, if you're listening to this real time in 2021, when we're not having a lot of special dinners, it's just not that many hours in the whole month. So say you go to dinner you know, once a week and say the dinner is two hours, that's eight hours a month. Out of the whole month that you're spending at dinner, And you're going to spend a half hour of it each time on your phone rather than engaging with the person in front of you. Now, I am not one of those people that's like, oh, these are all people on their cell phones. I am not like that at all. I am like, I think we need to embrace technology. I think we need to, first of all, not judge other people and let everyone do what they want to do. I'm just coming at you from the point, not coming at you. I'm not coming at you at all. I never will. But I am I am bringing the conversation just from the point of are you are we being intentional about when we're using it or is it just kind of haphazardly? And I have realized in learning so much about so many different topics, mainly researching for this podcast, it's so easy to be on autopilot and do things without intention. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us just do things on just just a habit and we don't realize what we're sacrificing when we're doing that habit. Super interesting, right? Like before you picked up that phone at dinner, if you said, hey, someone popped up and was like, just so you know, this one-on-one time you have with your spouse that you rarely get, just letting you know you're going to spend a quarter of it engaged on, you know, looking at strangers' profiles and, you know, figuring out whatever that, however that makes you feel rather than connecting with your partner. Just letting you know that's what you're choosing. So for me, I was like, huh. When I really read all the different things that experts say about the need for solo time and how these mini checks of email and social media are just distracting all day and how there's less inventions because people aren't looking around and solving problems and how much it's affecting life and on the worst end, how it's causing depression and and sometimes suicide. 
It makes us realize, man, we have to stop this cycle of anxiety and also realize that for a lot of us, large portions of our day are fragmented and it permanently reduces your capacity for conversation. I mean, sorry, for concentration. Large portions of your day are fragmented. So you aren't able to concentrate in the same way. Like I started this podcast saying with with that really interesting study with Sophie Leroy, the way that she said, once you're distracted, you come back less sharp, no matter what, even if it was just a couple seconds. And so we can't achieve those really great things this way. I struggle a lot with my goals and the things I want to achieve and what I'm actually able to achieve in a week. And I think for sure a lot of it is I have so many regular obligations to keep my business running and also doing everything for my kids and my family and everything in the house and everyone, whatever one needs. That time gets shrunk down a lot for the new projects and being creative and all that kind of stuff. It leaves me not that many hours. But in researching this, and I only share because I think it could add value to a lot of other people in a similar circumstance, I realize if I block out time that's not distracted, I can get more done and get closer to these goals that I've been struggling with. If we're not doing those mini checks and we're not constantly checking in because it reduces our capacity for concentration. So interesting. So Pick those things daily that you can do without your phone, taking your dog on a walk, exercising, rocking your baby to bed, maybe you're stopping at a certain point in the night, whatever it is. And this way we can do the best job we can to help our kids who are growing up with it. And even though it's going to be painful at the beginning, realize that we can get so much more done with the intense concentration without the constant distractions unplug at night, and also not feel like you're constantly working. For for those of us that work, and especially working moms, I know a lot of us feel like we're always on email. We're always on polls. We're always problems. We're always firefighters. We're always putting out problems, and we're constantly working. But experts say, and I have not gotten there, but I'm. it's my mission, my goal is whatever time it is, five o'clock, you're done working because you've set aside that un, that undistracted time So you don't have to be constantly plugged in and constantly working and checking emails because you're getting enough done in that time because you're more sharp without the constant interruptions. And the goal of this is to really think about how much happier could we all be with less phone time? Less phone time, less addiction to the phone, less time spent on the phone that doesn't bring us joy and doesn't make us feel more alive and inspired and connected to the people we love. That's the goal here. Again, I'm not one of those judgy people that sees people out, oh, too much on their phone. Not at all. I'm one of those people that wants to be very intentional about everything I do. And I think that's how most of the people who listen to this podcast are. We want to be intentional. We have one life. We don't want to go through any of it on autopilot. Wake up in 10 years and are like, what, you know, like how was I doing these bad habits for so long? I'm so glad that I discovered this concept of digital minimalism and really started researching how can I have a healthy relationship with my phone in a way that I don't have to go to the extreme of it, but I also 
am okay putting it aside and leaving it behind sometimes and not constantly checking in, knowing that I can respond to text messages and emails in a few hours, not constantly be distracted and not lose that special time with my loved ones that's so easy to do because a ping, we hear the email or the text message or the social media notification pop up and we're like so drawn to it. But that's like your only 10 minutes to read to your child before bed or to catch up with your girlfriend, whatever it is. I just think by doing this, we can have less distracted moments to either achieve our big goals in life or spend with those people that we love and we crave that time with doing it with intention. And again, using our tech in ways that enhances our life and removing tech in the ways that is a drain or doesn't make us feel good or adds anxiety. We're going to eliminate that and we're just going to use it for, we're going to use our tech strategically in ways that really gives us returns on the small number of things that we really care about and then don't even worry about the rest. You're not missing that much. It will be fine. The trade-off is so much better and so much more worth it. Less time on the phones, more time in real life, outside in the sunshine, having adventures and experiencing life, less addiction to our phone, and more time actually living and spending time with the people we love. Thank you so much for listening. As always, let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you have a couple seconds, if it resonated, if it brought you any value, I would absolutely love it if you could pop over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star little ping. It helps us, our podcast, grow. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.